Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The founder of FTX has been found guilty. Israel's ground offensive is closing in on a major stronghold for Hamas, and central banks are hitting pause on interest rate increases. Plus, the European private equity group CVC Capital Partners is postponing its long-anticipated initial public offering. We'll tell you why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It looks like Sam Bankman-Fried is going to prison. A New York jury found the crypto tycoon guilty late last night, and it only took a few hours of deliberation. Bankman-Fried is going to appeal the verdict, but it basically wraps up the highest-profile crypto case so far. FTX had an $8 billion hole in its balance sheet before the exchange collapsed last year. Bankman-Fried is facing years in prison over wire fraud charges and conspiracy to commit money laundering. He'll be sentenced on March 28th. Israel is entering Gaza's biggest city and trying to encircle it. Israel's top military commander described the push into Gaza City as the next phase of the military's ground offensive. But allies are calling for a break in the attacks against Hamas. U.S. President Joe Biden said a pause in the fighting would help free the hostages being held in Gaza. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is visiting Israel today. He's expected to relay that message to the country's leaders during his trip. There's been a lot of central bank activity recently, and most of the central banks had the same message overall. Do not rock the boat. The Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, and the European Central Bank all kept interest rates on hold. And we saw rallies in equities and government bonds on both sides of the Atlantic. Here to unpack what's going on in global monetary policy is the FT's new economics editor, Sam Fleming. Hey, Sam. Hi. All right. So, like I said, the Bank of England, the ECB, and the Fed all decided to hold interest rates steady. It's the second consecutive month for the Fed and the BOE. Is this the end of rate hikes? And not only actually those three, but also the Bank of Canada last week. So yeah, we've seen a real trend towards monetary policy on hold at the moment. And the natural conclusion that investors are coming to is that at least for some of these central banks, rates have indeed probably peaked and that they're becoming more confident that inflationary pressures are are subsiding. Now, none of the central banks were anywhere near declaring victory in their battle after all these succession of interest rate rises. But I think you certainly saw, I think, with the ECB, a little bit more confidence that inflationary pressures are now peaking than in the Federal Reserve, where the economic backdrop is a lot more buoyant. And then the Bank of England, it's a, it's a complex picture because you have a weakening economy, but also quite persistent inflation. Okay, so investors think that the rate hikes are done, at least for now. But just last week, the U.S. reported third quarter GDP at 5%, which is really high. And inflation is still not at the Fed's 2% target. What do you make of that, Sam? There's quite differing pictures. And I think it's important to stress this in this discussion between the different economies. As you said, uh, the GDP numbers in the US were extremely strong. The picture in the Eurozone is much weaker. The Bank of England's forecasts on Thursday 
pointed to basically a flatlining economy alongside more persistent high inflation than it previously anticipated. The uh, the Federal Reserve seemed inclined to think that although there's a strong labor market, part of that is actually an increase in the labor supply. So that could imply that inflationary pressures aren't going to be ignited as much as you might otherwise expect. Having said that, all three are very much retaining the option of further rate hikes. And they're very much at pains to stress to the markets that they're not declaring victory over inflation. They retain the option to further tighten monetary policy if they want. And finally, monetary policy will remain on hold and restrictive for some time to come. So Sam, then what do you make of the market reaction? We saw government bond yields fall drastically and we saw equity shoot up. Well, I think on the Fed side, part of the reason the markets are not pricing or less likely to be pricing further hikes at the moment is because Jay Powell didn't go out of his way to try and prepare the ground for further hikes. He seemed instead to be, again, retaining this as an option, but not strongly signaling that it was going to happen. And the thing is, markets will always pivot. And right now they're pivoting to the view that if central banks aren't preparing the ground for further hikes, that the debate has to shift to when the first cut is going to be. And that is what central banks are trying to to weigh against. And that is why, again, they're, they're retaining this option, at least uh, in terms of their rhetoric, to further increase rates. And they are emphasizing the battle against high inflation is not over and that they're prepared to keep policy restrictive for a long time to come. Sam Fleming is the FT's economics editor. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. European private equity group CVC Capital Partners says it's going to delay its plan to list until next year. That's what sources told the FT. And it says a lot about what's going on in the IPO market right now. The FT's private capital correspondent, Will Louch, broke the story, and he joins me now. Hi, Will. Hi, Mark. So you spoke to people who know about the decision process here. What did they say about why CVC delayed its IPO? So... I think the reason why CVC delayed its IPO is that the market's in a very tricky place right now. Um, The IPO market itself has really slumped, and I think bankers had expectations that there'd be a revival earlier this year. There were some very closely watched public offerings of companies, including chip designer Arm and sandal maker Birkenstock, uh, in September, which haven't performed as well as people maybe thought they would be. What sources tell us about why CVC delayed its IPO is because they looked at some of their peers, like Blackstone, EQT, for example, who posted quarterly earnings within the last couple of weeks. And they've basically seen their share prices fall. I think it's one of those things with CVC that businesses is performing maybe better than some of its peers. But yeah, it's just very much a case of like, why now? Let's revisit next year when conditions are improved. So how big of a blow was postponing the listing for CVC? Was it even a big blow? CVC's business is actually performing very strongly. Like Earlier this year, they raised 26 billion euros for the largest private equity fund that's ever been raised in history. And this is at a time when lots of other firms are struggling to get investors to give them money. I mean, CBC is like one of the world's most powerful private equity groups. You know, it's owned assets like Formula One, Lipton Tea. And it's the most significant decision the firm's really made since it spun out of Citibank around 30 years ago. The firm's been gearing up for this for over two years. It's already postponed it once. It postponed it last year after Russia invaded Ukraine. But as sources have told us all along, I mean, they've waited quite a substantial period of time already, so maybe next year. 
So then, Will, is CVC's postponement sort of like a sign of what's to come for the wider industry? I mean, what is the state of private equity right now? So I think if you look at the private equity industry, it's been one of the biggest beneficiaries in global finance, really, of the low interest rates that we've had for the past decade or so. Firms have been able to strike literally trillions worth of deals and raise trillions of dollars of funds from investors to do these deals. And I think like a lot of this has been predicated on cheap debt and the availability of that. And now, obviously, we're in a different market environment. This has all become a lot more difficult. I think IPOs in Europe are tracking at their worst in a decade. And until things pick up, then private equity is, is going to have a tough time. Will Louch is the FT's private capital correspondent. Thanks, Will. Thanks very much. Before we go, earlier this week, we told you about an artificial intelligence summit that's going on in the UK. Well, it looks like something big came out of it. Companies are going to let governments test AI models for national security and other risks before those models go out to consumers. These are leading companies like OpenAI and Anthropic. The governments include the EU, the UK, the US, and a few others, but not China. Something else that came out of the summit A panel of experts will send out an annual report on the evolving risks of AI. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussaian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.